he's ready to be the head coach. He's ready to get be in this role. He's always even keel. He's going to tell you how it is, and he's got a great football mind and a really high football IQ. They've got established guys. They've got veteran guys they've brought in in free agency. And so it's a team that's capable of going out and competing not only within the division, but with the NFC. It's just a matter of doing it on Sundays. You're listening to the Minnesota Vikings podcast, and this is episode number 150. Jay Nelson. Yes. How does hearing that number feel about this? Uh, As I increasingly hear things like that it just keeps reminding me yes you're getting older you're much older <laughs> you're the old guy 150 podcasts that's pretty crazy that's i think pretty I've crazy been around now probably for probably the last hundred of those and so it's been okay it's been interesting um just to see kind of the evolution of the entire podcast um over the years but now that we hit 150 let's just keep running now, now we got to ask you what's your favorite podcast of all time oh, oh gosh go. uh i don't know maybe my first one yeah. Uh, do you remember, remember that one? Kind of. Jinx. So, right. <laughs> so the deal was I what I used to do was when I started kind of paying attention or kind of poking my head in and, you know, had listened to stuff and said, well, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? Um, it was being able to kind of feed segment ideas, you know, talkers and just doing some research. And a lot of times it was trying to find like weird stats or weird uh, historical things, or there'd be some sort of an article on NFL.com and you go find out like, you know, there's a ranking of the top 10 teams for whatever topic, you know, and I'd go find that kind of thing and then just slide the paper across the desk and let, you know, let those guys go through and do the discussion. And eventually it was, why don't you host it? And we'll try to guess. And I'm like, sounds great. And that was kind of how I, you know, dip my toes in the water, the podcast piece. And now here we are at 150 episodes. So let's just keep rolling. What a milestone. Yeah, it's fun. It really it's is. It's a big milestone. I'm Tatum Everett. That's Gabe Henderson. We got Jay Nelson. <laughs> yes, we, we, dove right, we dove right on in and didn't really even <laughs> say who we are. And sometimes you don't need to. You just get to it. That's what podcasts are for. You just have fun. Have a I, I think I've only been here, obviously, for triple digits when we've, we've hit over 100. So this has been it's been a fun ride. Um I think it's pretty fitting that we are doing this one at the end of minicamp as the new team wraps things up this week. Yeah, for sure. Like you're kind of hitting a, a goalpost here and then you just keep kind of moving. You know, you just keep looking down the road a little bit and see what's coming next. We're, we're finally hitting the end of the off season ish time. And this is about when we hit that little bit of a lull and then all of a sudden it's sprint and sprint and sprint and sprint for the rest of the year. Well, we deserve this little lull, right? Because yes, we, we said, <laughs> yes, please. You said we were all talking about that back in January, February. We we're like, OK, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. So stay tuned to Minnesota Vikings podcast. And those couple of weeks never happen. So nah. the fact that we actually get some time off the Minnesota Vikings podcast will still be alive for Vikings fans that are listening. But the fact that we don't have to worry about trying to track people down for interviews or trying to see what the schedule is like, that'll be good for the next couple of weeks. So I'm excited just to be able to, you know, have um, this OTA period. My first year here was 2020 and there was no Mm -hmm. OTAs. There was no mini camp. So to actually have football back is encouraging. But at the same time, it's good to, to, to take a little break from it, too. And that's the weird thing, too, like for even for both of you in some facet, this is the first somewhat normal offseason where it's it's still been weird that there were restrictions last year. There are certain people you still had um, COVID restrictions kicking in and off uh, throughout the year. This has been the first kind of real has, time. Yeah. Tatum, you're not even at a year yet. Officially. Oh, I'm a, I'm a year today. Oh, today. 
Congratulations. Wow. Yeah, no, sorry. Buried the lead. Wow. No, I was going to say, it was close. <laughs> you like buried that towards the <laughs> yeah, end. It's like, hold on. Okay, Honestly, got, yeah. Break news like that. <laughs> yeah, year today. All right. So, Crazy. as your one year observation, give us the details. What do you, what do you feel this, after a year? The funny thing that I, a lot of people ask you, and I'm sure you guys get this a lot too, is, oh, what is uh, Kirk Cousins like? What is this player like? What's this like? And, or, or, even, you <laughs> or even when, you know, when, Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer were relieved of their duties earlier this year. The emotional connection just wasn't there for me because I didn't meet a lot of these people. I didn't have those connections, those conversations. Like for me, I already feel like I know double the players, double the coaches from last this time last year. Well, obviously the today last year, but through all of this last year. And I'm excited to be able to come at this with that perspective, you know, last year I do, I, you know, I didn't even make it on the field to watch training camp until like one of the last weeks, I think it was the Broncos practice, it, you know, that those kinds of things just really stick out to me as like, it was a real slow burn to get to know everyone. I mean, there were so many players I still haven't really talked to because we are still only mm-hmm. interviewing a select number of them and see them in the hall and, and the cafeteria and things like that. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's been interesting. You know, I'm, I'm happy that it is the way this is. Like I, I think I said, when we hired all the new guys, like I feel like I'm kind of doing this from the beginning with them as well. And it's a really interesting experience. I don't know if you ever fully get comfortable just seeing faces just in general, because there's yeah. the constant churn, the constant change, yeah. true. whether it's, it's players, coaches, staff, uh, just your coworkers. I mean, we had an influx of our new associates that just came in this week as well. So, as you're seeing more and more faces, you're like, I should know you. I think I know you, you know, those kind mm-hmm. of things like you're yeah. we're, everyone's having to kind of take this time to figure out. Like yesterday, I met one of our brand new uh, staff members came in department. I know his boss really well and just kind of sat down and had lunch with him and just kind of got to know him a little bit. Seems like a great person, you know, happy to be here and kind of uh, first job outside of, of college a little bit. And, and I think. It's kind of the renewal of spring. You get yeah. the new the new faces, the new bodies. And I'm I'm excited just to see not only from at times kind of the doe-eyed look of 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 like, you know, whoa, here we are. And then there's you you kind of start to really remember what that felt like and it kind of gives you a little bit of boost of energy as well, just to really appreciate what we have here and what we're doing. Yeah, I think the appreciation for me just probably extends to like our IT department. The fact <laughs> yeah. that they have to get all these players. I mean, you just talked about the influx of players, players in staff, and out. They, everyone. Everyone. They have to get Non-stop, everyone up to speed, yep. email or iPad Their or surfaces, just yeah. little things that, that people don't think about. They're the engine for this organization. Let me just put it that way. And um, I feel like just coming here in 2020, just being away from everybody, mm-hmm. um, it really helps you appreciate the people in the department. And um, episode 150, I feel like we should just title it The People. The, the people, people there the you people. go. Yeah. Um, but th- it, it's some great people in this building. And the fact that we get to spend that five or six weeks with those people with no football players, this would be a, a really good time just to build some of those relationships with our coworkers. For sure. Definitely. Well, I don't know about you guys, but yesterday Twitter kind of got a little angry. I don't say kind of got. They definitely got angry. Um, Jay has a face on right now because he knows exactly what tweet I'm about to talk about. And I just thought it would be important to bring this up because... Touch the nerves, I think, of a lot of Vikings fans. Um, it was a, an NFL on CBS tweet that said, <laughs> the Vikings are the only active NFL franchise to exist for 60 plus years without ever winning 
a championship. My favorite was somebody basically saying it's only Wednesday and I don't need this crap. I, yeah. was, like, I think that was kind of the best way to do put you think, it. My question is they put this really like pensive Vikings fan in the front. Like, do you think that guy knows he's on this tweet? Like, oh, I think he absolutely. Is. Can I, we find we need to find him. Do you think he listens to the podcast? That w- it wouldn't surprise uh, me if he did. If he, if it is, please email me. <laughs> yeah, there'd be a there'd be an easy way to verify that, but um, it'd be one of those things that would be an interesting story to kind of find out. So, what's it feel like to be the face of yeah, the franchise? Face of the franchise. This is the story we're talking about now. But, and, and I there there is a caveat to this though, sure. because there there was a championship, yes. nineteen sixty nine against the Cleveland Browns, but this was before the AFL NFL merger. So technically, yes. the wording of the tweet is wrong. Yeah. It should just say Super Bowl. Yeah. Because listen, there is the, a championship. If the Packers are going to claim their double digit championships, we can claim this one. From <laughs> That's fair. That's that was, fair. That was the last year of, I guess, world championships before the Lombardi trophy became before a thing. the merger. Yeah. The merger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, we still mm-hmm. got the banner hanging up in our indoor practice facility. So, so let me ask you this, Gabe. On that note of a Super Bowl, how has this team looked as far as minicamp has gone shaping up in your opinion, or, or just even hearing from the players and, and all that kind of stuff to maybe potentially be a Super Bowl caliber team. We're all Super Bowl caliber team. Like every team is a Super Bowl caliber team. There's 32 teams right now. Yeah. But I, I do think we are in better shape than we were years previous, just because of the vibe that this new regime has given to these players. Um, and just letting these players be themselves. And I think just talking to Kenny McCardo earlier, he just describes his receivers as painters. And he likes to give all of his receivers a canvas, this is figuratively speaking, and let them paint their own picture. Like you have to stay in the lines of if, if you really want that picture to be displayed. But still, there is opportunity to grow. And I've seen a lot of these players grow. And I think a lot of that growth comes with a new playbook, a new uh, regime, a new coaching staff and do everything but at the same time the fact that these players are comfortable with being uncomfortable I think that is going to bode well for this team um, in, in the later months of the year and in, in the November and the Decembers of the year we, we know this team isn't going to be undefeated w- undefeated it will be great but at the same time you look at it and say all right well the players the chemistry is there and if you can build that chemistry win lose or draw you can work towards a common goal are we able to uh, essentially buy that option right now because if we can buy the option of we're going undefeated i will pay how much money throw a number out there i'll throw it at back and just guarantee that that happens i'm in 500 i'm in for 500 on that for sure you understand how many hours of my life and how many years of my life at this point have been spent wanting to see this team have that kind of success well i'm about 26 in vikings years and i've entered three yeah and well, last year put about 20 on me. That so. makes me about 484 at this point. <laughs> I had a fan yesterday literally tell me, like, I just was having a heart attack every single week after every single game last season. So for me, I mean, sure, undefeated, you know, not 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 a possible, not possible, not happening. But I will take some more. Uh, I'll take a lot less close games. <laughs> You want a lot less cardiac events. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I'm trying to keep up my health. I'm watching what I eat. Like I don't need to have a cardiac event every Sunday because the Vikings take it down to the last drive. So do you want like blowout games? Like how do you, no, what just, would you prefer? I, I, yeah, well, sure. I love a blowout. Let's go out there and blow every team out. Right. But no, like but that, it, wouldn't I like, be, can, it wouldn't be fun though. Right. I Stop it. For who? <laughs> Stop it. Not well, fun for who? Blowouts aren't fun. 
Oh, like when, wins are wins are fun, but like if you're winning fifty nine to zero, like that's just not fun. Like, oh, like I'll oh, much forget, rather, forget you on that one. I'll much rather win. Like <laughs> I mean, let's like talk about the realm of possibility, though. Like it keeps it entertaining. I'll take eight I'll touchdowns take and a field goal. Zero. I'm good on that. Okay, I'm, I'm, but like a blowout is like. 42 to like six. But there, but there are so many, so many, like the NFL is so rare and. when they have blow. Like the NFL doesn't have like a, that's a college kind of score, right? But Jay's like, in though. I, I don't care. I'm well, in. Of course Jay's in. <laughs> I'm going to take, listen, if we're going to the offensive league at this point and everyone wants to see more points, I will take a 56 point because your offense is doing things that you do not expect at that point. Yeah. I'm just saying, and here's the thing. I just want to win. I, you know, get the wins. Great. <laughs> But if you're telling me we're going to see either like 56 to three or we're going to see 1918 and you have to feel like, all right, I have to start checking my pulse every right. time I'm sitting in the fourth quarter. I'm like quarter. watching it through my fingers yeah. by the right. end of the game. I, I, I totally understand where both of you, both of y'all are coming from. I'm just about the buffer in between. Like, I just I just want to be entertained, like entertain me. And don't don't let me leave with a heart attack or like something that's going to lose some years off my life. But if it's you want 20, the drama, 20, I, I need like twenty eight to seventeen. <laughs> I have an example. Okay, the nineteen ninety eight Vikings. Okay, that team was a point machine. That was the whole Randy Moss. They don't play mm-hmm. PlayStation like us type stuff. Mm-hmm. That was insanely entertaining. Randy Moss with 160 yards and three touchdowns on three receptions in Dallas. Mm. Robert Smith busting one for, you know, 60, 70 yards. Mm. Chris Carter making some insane catch on the sidelines. Those kind of games, even though they were blowouts at times, that team, when they get on a roll like that, it is insanely fun to watch because every Sunday you're saying, I'm going to see something spectacular. And the nice thing about this team is that we do have that kind of talent. Yeah. We, they were talking about the fact that we've filled in some of these gaps. We've gone through free agency. We've drafted what we feel are some really good rookies. We brought in some serious talent, especially defensively, to try to shore up some of the issues that we had in the past. This is a team that has a bunch of people on the roster that if they do click in this new system, and it sounds like the best part is these guys are excited yeah. going to meetings. They're going to practice and working with each other, being able to do that. When they get excited, if you put them on the field and they start hitting those kind of plays and hitting home runs that way repeatedly, that just snowballs. And that's fan fun for not only them. When you see a smile on their face, the fans are lighting yeah. up on that, too, every week. Yeah, I've seen more group pictures of Vikings players this year or this summer than I have ever seen in my time in the NFL. They're having fun. They're having fun with what they do. And it's genuine. It's yes. not. That's it's infectious. Not, it's not it's not a facade. Like these guys really enjoy being around each other. And I think that all starts at the top with Quasey, with Kevin. And I think it just rever- reverberates all the way down to the team. So Super Bowl would be great. I would love to see this offense just explode like like the 98 team. I mean, the pieces are there, but my, my, one, my one caveat is I think that this offense goes as far as the line will take them. Oh, that's any team, and this this well, team especially for sure. this team. Oh, that's this team for yeah, sure. That's yeah, especially this team. There's been questions there for the last at least three to four seasons, sure. and again, we keep putting in you know whether it's coaching, players, draft picks, free agents, whatever. There's been a ton of of draft capital and human capital put to that to figure out how do we fix this piece of the puzzle. And it feels like, you know, you're seeing guys, the the stories that's running around right now is Garrett Bradbury bulking up. Mm-hmm. 
in order to try to help, you know, with some of the issues that he's had in the last couple of years. I, I think what you're seeing is you're seeing a, a complete group do whatever it's going to take to try to address the issues that they know more than anyone else publicly what's been going on in that room. So hopefully not only them, but all of the the different groups, all the coaches, all the players have taken this time this offseason and go into this break coming up here to really reflect and figure out what do I have to do to not only help myself but to help the team get better when training camp comes here at the end of July. But I think to Tatum's point of the O-line and to your point, Jeff, like the O-line, we have four solid offensive linemen here that has proven to get the job done. And now you bring in a coach and Chris Cooper who played right guard in the NFL for a very long time. was very successful and is tasked with the duty of figuring out who that right guard position is going to be. That is going to be the, the catalyst for however this offense wants to be this year. We already know it's a top 10 offense, but you're only as good as your, your, your right guard and trying to figure that, that position out. I think that is going to be key once training camp come yeah, training camp comes because right now, I mean, OTAs, mini camp, no matter if you've been to every practice or been to one, it's not really anything to see for the offensive defensive line because there's no contact. There's no pads on. So at the same time, it's like, all right, you want to get the mental approach. But now the competitive nature is starting to to blend in with understanding the playbook. And then you mix that with the pads and training camp. I think we have a, a really good uh, summer uh, coming here at TCOPC. That's the thing. You're still in shorts and shells. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, they're, and, and the coaches are even telling like, staff the ground. Yeah. You know, don't do anything stupid. We're, We're not just trying supposed to, get, to like touch. That's the thing. We're trying to get through this thing healthy. We're trying to make sure. And they're, they're trying to help with the muscle memory mm-hmm. of the classroom work that's going on. And so hopefully uh, for the next, what is it, essentially five to six weeks when the players are out of the building, they're on their own, they're going to be doing their own workouts and, and trying to make sure they're maintaining their health, getting mm-hmm. their stamina and everything ready for camp and just trying to take care of themselves and mentally try to have a little bit of a vacation before they, you know, as Ben Lieber in the past has always said, the bubble guts kick in about a week <laughs> or two beforehand, you know, the nervousness of all that stuff. It, this is the time where the players and even the coaches and some of the staff, they just need to get away and kind of take care of themselves and prepare for essentially a 26 week sprint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is what they do. It's, it's 26. It's basically 26 weeks straight without a break. And it's just, it's a grind. It's an absolute marathon. It's a grind. All right. Question. And I, I feel like I know the answer for this, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because we were talking about like nail biters, close games, Would you much rather have every game go down to the last drive of the game with the Super Bowl or blow every team out during the regular season and lose the week before the Super Bowl. Uh, I think you can ask the New England Patriots what that feels like yep. because that was that team, you mm-hmm. know, losing to the Giants in the Super Bowl. Yep. Um, I think they would gladly take Nailbiter Weekly <laughs> Nail with a Lombardi at the end. 1,000%. If there's a trophy at the end, I don't care how you get there. That's yeah. what you want. I would take last season full of, I mean, yes, obviously with if they would have gone yeah. more wins, but I would have taken all of that if we would have gone to the Super Bowl and won. Oh, for sure. That was the tough part. It's just like, the losses. It was the losses. So. It was the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, the almost theirs, the just missed it. It's all, all those. I'll say this, like the ride that we had when we, you know, lost in, in Philly in the NFC championship. I was just talking about this last night with somebody. The idea they said, you know, kind of the, the thought of that, of, you know, your quarterbacks and everything else that happened going to Philly for that championship game and having the conversation. I was standing next to my boss on the field. And I just said, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season, we'd be standing here tonight Mm. at the NFC championship on this field with our third string quarterback, 
and you're saying we have a chance to play a Super Bowl in our home building if we win this game, I will take this however we get here. And having those moments that have been uh, few and fleeting at times, you have to get there however you can to get that chance. That's the only way you're going to get a chance. And the fear of failure and everyone saying, well, I'd rather not get there if it means we're not going to win. You just don't know. So get your butt there however it has to happen and then just play your hearts out and see what happens. And I know over and over again, fans are feeling like I'm tired of having my heart broken at the same point. If you don't venture anything, you're not going to, you're not going to gain anything. So put your heart out there, put your feelings out there, enjoy it as much as you can and enjoy the ride. And if you get to the brass ring and you can grab it, that's the the ultimate. Jay said like a true Vikings. Fan. <laughs> I love it. Years Preach. of pent up, years of pent up heartbreak and, and elation and, and everything else that's gone on. But I've thought about this a long time. Yeah. And, and I, I've thought about this a lot because there's other things in my life that I was um, potentially going to do for a job. And once I got here and I've explained to other friends and, and other fields that were doing things that I thought I might want to do. And I said, I'm not going to potentially win an Oscar. I'm not going to win an Emmy. I'm not going to win any of that kind of stuff. I just want to ring on my finger before I walk out the door. And then I think about guys, I've been here for 15 seasons. I think about guys like Dennis Ryan, who've been mm. here for 43. And <laughs> it's just like between you know yeah. guys like him, Fred Zamberletti, who, who, you know, died without a, you know, getting a Super Bowl and being a part of something like that. Somebody like Dennis is somebody that I just, those are the people that I want to see this happen for people who've been here for, you know, a quarter century or more. Um, those are the people you really feel for, because I know what it's felt like being a fan. I know what it's felt felt like being here for the last 15 seasons and just being able to finally be able to, to have that championship, especially in this town would be amazing. Well, someone who would love to also see the Vikings get a championship, not just because he used to be a Minnesota Viking, but also because his dear friend is now the new head coach of the Vikings is Matt Castle. And he was up here in Minnesota, played in the Vikings golf tournament for the foundation this past week. And he was kind enough to give us some time and some insight into this Minnesota Vikings team. Joining us on the Minnesota Vikings podcast is former Minnesota Viking Matt Castle, also a good friend of our new head coach, Kevin O'Connell. Yes, both <laughs> of those are true. Uh, you know, I got to come up yesterday. We had the alumni event at Mystic Lake. I think it's Mystic Lake. Maybe yep. Mystic Lake. Yes, you're right. I was right. Yep. I was correct yeah, there. Yes, it. it was tough day of golf. But nonetheless, I <laughs> uh, got to do that, see a lot of old, um, old teammates and stuff like that, and then got to come up and surprise Kevin today. I didn't realize that minicamp was going on, so I snuck in the building today, this morning. I didn't sneak in. They let me in. But then I went up and I asked him to give me a jersey and I went and sat in the quarterback room and I had one of his assistants tell wow. him that, you know, one of his quarterbacks needs to talk to him. They, they He comes in and I'm sitting there and I said, coach, I don't understand this play. And he's like, what are you doing? There? Like, I have no idea. So it was That's fun great. to see him. I got to spend about 45 minutes with him this morning and it's it's incredible to come back here because this facility and everything about it is absolutely amazing. It's my first time back, you know, and, and seeing everything that they've done here. It's just absolutely remarkable. Be- before we talk about the facility and the Vikings, for Vikings fans who don't know your relationship with Kevin O'Connell, could you describe that a little bit? Absolutely, yes. So Kevin and I first met, he came in as a rookie my fourth year in New England. We became teammates, and we've been close ever since. But that season, really, we became really close because that, that was the year that I took over for Tom when he got hurt and Kevin was thrust into that backup role. And so it was just, 
he and I in the in the team meeting room all year long, and so we spent a ton of time together. And it was a great experience for me. He's an incredible person. There's no ego involved. He always wants what's best for you. Always felt like he had your your best interests and your back, and he was always trying to push you to be your best. And and so we spent a lot of time, and it's been a great relationship that we've sustained over the last. Uh, I don't know how long has that been since since, since 08. You guys do the math. I mean, a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, our coworker, former coworker, Eric Smith, just wrote an article on Kevin and mm. you provided a lot of insight right. on that. So definitely go and check that out on Vikings.com. We won't do that too much longer, but I'm actually interested to hear about the 45 minute chat that you had with him mm. this morning. Um, can you tell fans what how, how things are going from his perspective at all? You know what? He, he loves it. He's hit the ground running and obviously it's going to be a really long year for him coming off the Super Bowl, getting the head coaching job here, putting the staff together, all that all that that encompasses, right? But it was so much fun for me to see him in that role. Like he's in the head coach's chair and they've got guys coming in, offensive staff, defensive staff, they're talking strategy, they're breaking down a film. Do we want to take seven steps? Do we want to take nine steps? You know, with this drop in buzz safety, how do we want to attack this on third and long? So it was so much fun to sit in that meeting and hear his perspective. And, and he's the man, he's in charge. Yeah. And his ascension to this point, he's ready to be the head coach. He's ready to get be in this role. And so it was just fun for me to sit there and be a fly on the wall for a few minutes in, in between our banter and us just catching up and all that stuff is to see him and the control that he has over the whole organization and what he's going to be able to do. Would you have wanted to play for a guy like that? A hundred percent. I mean, <laughs> he's got such um, a great personality, something that guys naturally gravitate toward. And as I said before, there's a calmness about him. And for especially at the quarterback position, you're yeah. always looking for that calmness because Sundays are crazy enough. But he's always even keel. He's going to tell you how it is. And he's got a great football mind and really high football IQ. Speaking of football mind, um, I mean, I know you said Kevin was a backup. You were a backup a lot in your career also. But people always talk about backups being the best coaches for the future. Why is that the case? Well, I think so much of what you do as a backup, you don't always get the physical reps, right? And you're sitting there and a lot of times you have to go through the mental process more so. So you have to prepare more mentally. You're in your book more. You have to recite the plays when you're at home by yourself because you don't get that opportunity as much when you're in the huddle uh, at practice. When you're the starter, you're getting all the you're reps. There, yeah. you're, when you're going to walk through, you're in the huddle, you're calling the reps, you're, you're seeing it, you get it, that that. Uh, I mean, you're going out and executing it on a daily basis. But when you're a backup, a lot of times you're visually seeing it, but you're not in the huddle. You're not calling. You're not going up, you know, pointing out my calls, making adjustments, alerts. So a lot of it is the mental preparation and what you do outside. And so that's why I think it transitions well, because you have to be, be so prepared yeah. when your opportunity comes, but you don't know when that opportunity is going to come. You've also embraced this new analyst role, I guess, you know, post-career. And so I'd love to ask you your take on this Rams offense that everyone keeps talking about mm. over there under Sean McVay. And now we have Kevin here. He has Wes Phillips as his OC. They have a lot of guys with a lot of those Rams connections. Do you see any of that offensive look or the way that that scheme runs to be to be translated here for the Vikings? I'm sure from a personnel standpoint, they've got a lot of similar traits, right? With, with Thielen, with Jefferson, you've got Delvin Cook in the backfield. I mean, they, they've got some great players and great pieces for this offense to work in that way. And then it's just about going out and putting it together and making sure that everybody understands because sometimes it, it's a hard transition when you're going from one offense to another offense. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the Rams offense and what they're able to do, they can change 
change the pace, right? They can go fast pace, get in line, no huddle. From there, they can get back in the huddle. They, 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 they'll huddle at times, but it's a lot of pocket movements. It's a very quarterback friendly um, system that you can go because it's, you're always changing the, the launch point for the quarterback. So, a lot of defenses can't key in and say, well, they're just a drop back team. No, they're going to boot. They're going to move. They're going to sprint out. You're going to take your shots. But then there's a lot of easy throws there, too, with the quick game. So it, it should be a fun offense to watch. And if they can get going and really understand just general philosophy terms and then also be able to go out and execute, they can get get it going just like they did with the Rams. So pretty much you're, you're saying this offense is depending on Kirk um, to to be the the catalyst for everything that gets things going. I know people in the past have said, you know, Dalvin Cook is the engine for this team. I mean, whenever he has the ball gets 20 to 30 carries, this offense is going to go. But are, would you say that now with this new regime, Kirk is going to have to be that engine? Well, I think when you're the quarterback, right, you're always the engine that makes it go. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, when you watch the Rams offense, we, I just talked primarily about that pass game and the dynamics behind what they do. However, they relied heavily on the run game. And when yeah. they're the most successful, when they were the most successful as an offensive unit, they're able to establish the run game because what did that do? That set up their play action pass, which they love to do. That set up their boot game, which they love to do in first and second down. So it's not, I'm not saying that this all relies on the success of this offense all relies on Kirk he's obviously going to be the figurehead that everybody looks at and mm-hmm. says if he executes plays well and, and does what he needs to do then this team is going to be successful but it's going to take the run game as well and like I said if you just look at the Rams offense and their success when they were most successful last year then they were able to go and establish that run game and that set up everything else for him you mentioned a little earlier about learning the philosophy and the terminology Mm -hmm. and the players have been pretty open with us that it it is a very thick playbook. There's a lot uh, of different terms, definitely new ways of saying things. How difficult from a player's perspective is it to kind of absorb all of that and really put it into motion? When do you really start feeling like you have a grasp on things? It's always a challenge and I I think I had 10 different offensive coordinators over 14 years in in my NFL career. I mean, so the hardest aspect of it is using the new terminology that everybody's in unison with that. So you're, you're referring to the same defensive structure in the same way that the coaches are mm-hmm. so that everybody's on the same page. And then it's also unlearning or trying to unlearn, <laughs> you know, different habits, how you used to read certain plays if they want to do it differently, because everybody has similar concepts, so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's the footwork that they're asking you to do. It's how they want. Do you want to read it high to low? Do you want to read it low to high? You know, am I working off? this individual linebacker or so there's so many different things that goes into it but it's also becoming more familiar when you get in the huddle particularly for me it was always hearing the play being able to mentally process that play, even though it's different terminology, and understand where I need to go with the ball. And it takes a little time, and that's why OTAs, mini camps, all that stuff that goes into it, that's where you start to really, um, really experience and understand what's what's they're asking for you. You really, you really don't understand how mental, for average fan, you really don't understand how mental this game is until a coaching change comes. Because right. to what your point of 10 coordinators in 14 years, that's you have to relearn that process. And um, everyone's a great athlete in this league. But until you get that mental aspect, it, to your point of you, you really won't get on the field until you understand how to unlearn and then relearn things. Right. And that that's a big part of it. And like you said, there, there's great athletes. And some of the best athletes I've been around are the ones that 
are able to like process the information and what what happens is when you start to understand what they're what the terminology is and you're confident in what you're doing and you're not second guessing you're like wait a second on that route did they want it at 16 <laughs> and they want it at 14 or my read was i supposed to go inside out here or outside in you know you're second guessing yourself as you're going to line of scrimmage which makes you process and play slow mm-hmm. you know and then but when the confidence level gets there and you start to become comfortable within a system that's when you, you it becomes second nature and the, the then you can go out and execute at a high level and you're not second guessing yourself and nothing slowing down your process and you're playing free. And that's what you always try to achieve as a football player. Cause like you said, there's a lot of great athletes out there, but there's a lot of guys also that I've seen not be able to process and that hurts them getting on the field. Because again, unless you're accountable when it comes game time and you're able to execute a high level and with good speed and everything else that goes into it, well, you're not going to get on the field because the coaches and the quarterback and whoever else can't trust you. All right. We we talked about the Karen Vikings, but I want to talk about your time here with the Vikings. Mm -hmm. Two years here. What was your favorite memory just being a Viking? Yeah, you know what? I would have to say the London game, my first year here. And we went to London. We stayed at the Grove. We were there the whole week, and it was an incredible week. We got to do a lot of fun activities and all that. But just the experience being in London, going overseas, and then the game itself at Wimbledon. It was Wimbledon, right? Yeah. Wembley. Wembley. Yeah, Wimbledon's tennis. Yeah, that <laughs> no would be worries. a tough place to play. <laughs> that would be a tough place to play. But that game was against the Steelers, and uh, you know that was a game that I got to start. Unfortunately, Ponder got um, a broken rib, I believe, the week before, and they were they told me I was able to start, so I got an opportunity to go play. And we had a great game and went out and beat the Steelers in London. And then after that, we were able to go out with all the boys and we went out and experienced the town a little <laughs> nice. bit. And it was uh, it was a blast. It was one of my favorite memories of all my NFL career, just being there, particularly getting a win, feeling good about it, and then going out and celebrating with the guys. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it, it was a lot, a lot of fun. Makes it worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned you're at the golf tournament yesterday. Who, who is the who were you really excited to be able to talk to or ha- had a good conversation with? Yeah, you know what? I, I got to catch up with Steve Hutchinson, who I, I've he lives actually in. I was like, he's like your well. neighbor. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> he lives there, but I haven't seen him in a while, so yeah. it was good to catch up with him and was able to go out and uh, hang out with him for a while. And uh, John Randall was there, who yeah. a, a guy that I've always been a huge fan of i mean just his energy how he played the game everything about that but actually you get to shake his hand have a good conversation with him it was outstanding so you got to see a lot of those guys there's a lot of legends there but um those two guys i got to spend the yeah. most time with probably john's actually a pretty good golfer for one year he can really drive the that's ball. what everybody he was telling me like i was day. like he probably hurts the ball like he hurt all the offensive <laughs> line when he plays yeah. against he takes it out on it yeah, yeah, he was in his own cart. Oh, he yeah. was doing his own thing. You could tell he was taking it very seriously. Whereas, like some people go out and they were like, "Oh, I'm not very good at golf. I'm just right. here for the, for the fun." Yeah, I, I think that he did take it seriously because I saw him. He got there and immediately went over to the driving range. I was like, yes. "Oh, <laughs> oh no, he, he, he's, like, he's working on his interview. game." He right. was like, "No, sorry, I got to go to the driving mm-hmm. range." I was like, "All right, man, whatever you All need." All right, whatever you need, man. How did yeah. you shoot? How did you play yesterday? Uh, I mean, we were I think 11 under, but in a scramble where you can the lowest. Lowest you get as a par, any or the highest you get as a par, anyway. I don't know if that's a great score. I think who who won it twenty two under or something like that. Twenty two under, yes, twenty two under. It was crazy. I mean, a scramble, unbelievable. You're playing yeah. best ball, yeah, exactly, yeah. right? So you should be like, you should give yourself some opportunity. And with yeah. mulligans, yeah, that's you true. You know, yeah. I think our group had ten mulligans, and we missed uh. every mulligan shot that we had. So. <laughs> 
We tried. Are, do you golf? Is that something you do now? I, I enjoy in it, but I, with five kids, I don't get out as much as I probably um, uh, other people have the opportunity. But I, I enjoy getting out. And for me, golf is fun because of the people that you're around and with, mm-hmm. and and you have good conversations with. Now, if there's somebody that uh, I don't know or really have nothing in common with, I don't want to go play a five hour round of golf yeah. with you. Right. <laughs> you but at the end of the day, like tournaments, particularly like this, where it bring together, you know, fans and also guys that used to play and you get the, so many different people from so many different backgrounds. That's always great. And it's all when it's, especially when it's for your charity. A lot of people want to see this Vikings team win and mm-hmm. being on the cusp the last couple of years of making the playoffs. Do you think we have enough now to be able to get over that hump? You do have enough. And part of it is also, you know, there, there's been a lot to go into why the, there's been struggles to not get into the playoffs the last few years. Primarily, there's been some serious injury problems. Uh, you know, you know, Daniel Hunter's been out. He's only played eight games in the last two years, and he's a huge component of that defensive side of yeah. the ball. He had struggles in the secondary as well. And so, I mean, but this new coaching staff, it's a fresh start. They have a vision for what they want to be. It's just how quickly can they get caught up to the task of going in and, and playing, like I said, playing free, playing fast, understanding what's being asked of them, and change – what the kind of the culture of what it's been because it's definitely going to be different from what yeah. Zimmer was to what now Kevin is and to see how quickly they can all put it bring it together and put it together what can the expectations be you know at this point they could go undefeated guys <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody says what's the expectation sure. I mean the, like I said before the, this team has players here it's not like it's completely rebuilding from the get-go right they, they've got established guys they've got veteran guys they've brought in people in free agency and so it's a team that's capable of going out and competing not only within the division but with the NF- nfc it's just a matter of you know going out and, and doing it on sundays so staying healthy uh, staying healthy and doing it on sundays and you know everybody likes to make predictions i don't like making <laughs> predictions this early in the year but you it. know and it also is crazy because just because they start a certain way doesn't mean they're going to end a certain way so it'll be interesting to see you know how they start the season but even if they falter early for whatever reason it doesn't mean that the the dynamics and how this team ends is not going to be drastically different than how they start i mean didn't the rams lose all of november mm-hmm. look at them so i know yeah. they, they, it's a 17 game season 17 yeah. game season long season long season well thank you so much matt castle for joining us we uh, appreciate you taking the time for the podcast today also thank you for supporting the vikings foundation absolutely it's a pleasure well being with you guys tournament. it's been awesome yeah great to have you back Again, we appreciate having Matt Castle back so much. He had a great story about the quarterback room. That was fantastic. Yeah, um, he just like surprised I him. just think that's so funny. Oh, somebody should have recorded that. They did. That's they did? the stuff you do with your friends. Where? Uh, Tom West got it on his phone, so really? I don't know if it'll be popping up on any social media soon, but I would expect there might be some video. Tom's burner account. We got to make a great <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, no, it happened really early in the morning, so I don't think any of the camera operators were around here. I mean, the enters were in town yet or inside the building yet. So. That's the kind of stuff you can do to get away with when it's your friends. Right. You know, when oh, it yeah, is your close sure. friend, you can pull that kind of stuff, and especially at quarter to seven in the morning. Yeah. If it's your friend, you can do it. If it's not, you're like, what are you doing here and why did you do this? Right. It's a good way to start the day. Yeah. It's a great way to start the day. And it's a great, that was a great way to, to start the day on the last day of mini camp, mandatory mini camp. Like just to me, mandatory mini camp was just a, a great way to end it. I think it ended in an interception. Perry Nickerson had her interception and 
it should have been a pick six, but he tripped at the five yard line. And I think everybody Ole just, pushed him, didn't he? Yeah, I think Ole pushed him, so <laughs> he would have been down. But like that, that's how you that's the energy you want to end uh, mandatory minicamp. And I, I think that's just been a testament to how this entire offseason program has been without the pads on. And now we, we just count the days until training camp yeah. 2022. Well, if you want to see the Perry Nickerson pick six, they have put it online. It's on the Twitter account. Definitely go check it out. Might have been like a pick three. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Hey, look, if, if, if Ole Udo can just run down the field, push him out of bounds, I'm cool with it. It's a pick almost six. At that point. <laughs> yeah. No, no and here's comment. the thing. He's going to get a hard time because he got caught by a lineman. That's the right. problem. I mean, he was. Won't make that mistake again. Huh? <laughs> but honestly, you got to blame his defenders, right? I mean, his teammates on the defensive side of the ball. They were like. They were all celebrating. Guys, but yeah. they were like running with him. So That's how do you true. let an offensive uh, lineman get in between the defensive I mean, I don't. Wall? You know, we have to give. A, it is just minigame. I don't think they were say, taking very, anything very oh, seriously. As, oh, they, they're, they're going to talk about that in the meeting rooms for sure. <laughs> as, like, as, if they had meetings yesterday, like that was the talking point. It's like, yeah. oh, you let Oli. Yeah. I was going to say, as long as he gets caught in minicamp. It's okay. Right. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> About a month from now, oh, there's going to be a no, lot that'll be a, of problems. That's a little bit different. Yeah. It's a little bit different. Uh, but yeah, so everything did wrap up yesterday, but we are not really wrapping up ourselves. We have a few more podcast episodes to come out before the 4th of July break, and that will be with all the assistant coaches. So make sure you keep up with vikings.com, V-E-N, the YouTube page, your app, because there will be several assistant coach interviews that I'll be dropping in the next few weeks. And those are great because I know, Gabe, you and I were able to set, sit down with a lot of the guys. Uh, Jay, we had them on their on our podcast. They It's nice to get to know them a little bit better, yeah. hear about their backstories, their philosophies. A lot of them have really interesting takes on our players, as well as just their own personal backgrounds. And it was a good swath, too, of offense, defense, special teams yeah. as well. And so it was good for us to be able to spend more time with them. But I think for the fans kind of saying, like, yeah, there's a new coaching staff. Who are these people? It'll be a, a good little insight for each Definitely. one of them to get to know them a little better. Yeah, it'll be great. Um, hopefully Vikings fans are entertained by it. Hopefully it's something. Oh, for sure. Because th- these coaches, a lot of these guys have been coordinators or head coaches or have, have spent time calling plays so to be able to see them in their role where things are slowed down where it's just one position I think that's what makes this entire team better because the team is able to see things from a big picture perspective and just I mean instead of just from a well this guy's only offensive line coach or just a receivers coach these guys have been in the league for a while so really good wisdom and like I said I hope Vikings fans are entertained and some of them have been uh flying Apache helicopters. Yeah, so like there's there's other yeah. outside pieces like that too that are interesting nuggets. So yeah, definitely stay tuned. There's some fun stuff coming the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Well guys, thank you so much for tuning into the 150th episode of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Let's cheers to the next 150 guys. Yeah. 247 days until Super Bowl. No, that's it. Only 247 days. So we were talking about Super Bowl today. Gabe's got like his almost like advent calendar where he's just <laughs> checking off or he's cutting off a ring or something every every day. So yeah, yeah. I'm like Xing the calendar. I said next time I've seen it. I was gonna say if it's, if it's an advent calendar, it's was it chocolate or uh, one of those? Uh, he doesn't like I don't chocolate. Eat chocolate. So, so, so it's like gonna what? be something. The whiskey advent calendar or something. Yeah. There you go. One? Well, there you go. That's my language. Wow, now you I will be toasted yeah. in 250 days. Now I know what to find you for the, for the holidays. A shot a day. There you go. It keeps the doctors away, I guess. Oh, okay. (laughs) And on that note, you guys have a great rest of your week, and we'll hear you next week. 